0: Hey guys, this is the Kind of an Expert podcast with your host, Corey Tindall. That is me, and we're just going to do a quick intro into this one. Our topic this week was getting into fights with one of my good friends, Peter Garacci. Uh, He's got a lot of stories from college and when he was a little younger of getting into fights, almost getting into fights, and the whole gamut there. Um, You could catch Peter uh, when things open back up on stage in New York york city but for now listen to his podcast that he does with previous guest alex pesheira called kill you last where they go over different classic 80s movies really fun podcast i've been on it a couple times you could hear my episodes with the original conan the barbarian and john carpenter's the thing Um, but other than that not much else to say let's get into the episode agree with you that there needs to be less people in new york i feel like uh three to four million is a little high in terms of the amount of people who should leave i don't know
1: well i, I don't <laughs> i don't want them to die well yeah no no, no. I just, obviously I just we don't want, want them to, them mo- to die <laughs> i want them to move to austin and charlotte and stuff why would you want to ruin austin and charlotte like that because i don't care about those places that's fair uh, yeah and New York is <laughs> like I'm from, I'm from the Northeast I'm from Jersey but like to be honest it's actually in a way it's almost harder to move to New York City from New Jersey than it is from the Midwest because hmm. everyone I know in Jersey goes why don't you just live here and you just go into the city whenever you want like they don't get the moving to New to New York City part whereas if I was from Omaha no one would expect me to commute to Manhattan. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it, in a weird way, it like it's more of a chore to go into New York City when you're from Jersey cuz it's like, ah, oh, I got to go to Penn Station. I not even worth it. And then they try to like make they still treat it like they're tourists, so they're like, ah, like my mom's always like, "Oh, Peter, we're going to go to we're gonna go to a Broadway show and then we're gonna go to the World Trade Center. What's the best way to <laughs> get around? I'm like, don't. E- I wouldn't even do that in the same day. Like, why would you? Yeah. Like they don't. They don't get it. Like, and there is like, do we drive? Do we take the train? What do we do? Should we drive? Got is there it. a train? Is there a bus? And so, in in a weird way, like New York City is just just like it's just like this behemoth that's there, just kind of like weighing. Like it's just like heavily. Like, weighing on you. And I, but I, as a kid from Jersey, I always wanted to be in New York City. Yeah. It, but I like, like, New, I like New York type people. Really? And, and more and more New York City people are not resembling New York City people anymore. Yeah. Well, how long have you been and there? I, It's It's been a minute, right? I mean, I've been, you know, I've been coming into the city my whole life. Uh, I've been living in the city. Well, I, I was, I've been working in, in New York probably 10 years and then I've probably been living in this city for about seven. Okay. That's
0: a, yeah, that's a good um, amount of
1: time. But I've been coming into the city, you know, for decades. Got
0: it. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, like how you say that, because uh, the the people who uh, listen to. Uh, The episode with Chris Bazemore on it Chris actually grew up in the Red Hook Projects and so he was talking about growing up How there were like a lot of gangs And he had to like carry a Screwdriver with him on the train otherwise He'd get robbed and like he got invited To a bunch of gangs I assume The decades that you were Coming and the decades that he's talking About line up but you're talking about very Different places in New York City Unless you were visiting the Red Hook Projects
1: you know what's funny is I I wasn't, but I actually I love Red Hook, and for a while, my first apartment in in the city was in Brooklyn, and um I had a car and I had no job, and that's a whole other story about how I got, uh, I, this this friend of mine like tricked me into moving into an apartment with him, and then two months later, <laughs> he he moved back to Ohio. Maybe wow. this is why I'm like maybe this is why I'm biased against guys from the Midwest moving to the city. But um, he totally totally screwed me, cost me like $4,000. And he was like a real shit about it too. Like we stopped being friends. Wow. And the only reason I bring that up now is that I had a car and I just started driving around and I found Red Hook by accident. Okay. And I love, like I love, and one of the things I love about New York City is that combination of like grit and artsy, and, like, new stuff, too. Yeah. So, I love that even, like, how they've renovated um, Red Hook, like, where the fairway is on the water and, like, where the Ikea is. They didn't make it too shiny and new. God. Like, it. the grit The grit is still there. And that, to me, is what makes, like, New York. It's one of the things that's real New York-y. Like, when I go to a city that, like, has literally was founded in the 1890s somewhere out west and everything is just brand new i'm like yuck (laughs) like i like a little i like a little grime But i see i i grew up in it's funny because i grew up in in so in new jersey we we watch new york uh news okay like we don't have our we don't have our own tv stations so i grew up hearing about all these places That then as an adult, I went like, even just like randomly, like Massapequa, like Westchester. Like, I just remember those names from the news, you know, Babylon, like all the highways. And so growing up, you would hear about like Crown Heights there were race riots or, you know, people getting mugged or whatever it is. But then as I got older, when when it was time for me to like actually start coming into the city as a teenager, like Giuliani was already happening. And so the city was already turning around. Got it. But I have, like, I remember, like, my grandmother being like, oh, don't carry any money on you in New York City. And uh, the funny thing is I'm, I'm from Elizabeth, New Jersey, which is a really rough place. Okay. And for for a while, I lived in Elizabeth, and I was commuting to Manhattan by train. And, again, my, my grandmother would be like, oh, be careful in New York. And I got mugged in Elizabeth. Wow. In my neighborhood. like There's nowhere in Manhattan that I... <laughs> Like I live in I live in East Harlem and I've never not felt safe and I literally in my neighborhood in Jersey got mugged so yeah I don't know it is
0: it's like that uh, that stat like you're you're ten times more likely to uh, get pulled over within ten miles of your house going either direction than you are anywhere else in the world and it's really just like part of it is your within 10 miles of your house more often than you're anywhere else. But also it's like, it's where you're also most comfortable. Your guard isn't oh, really no, I, up. You're driving faster. You're close to your house. You're like, Oh, I got this. I'm not nervous or anything. So that might've played I a role. Totally of had just my
1: like- gu- oh, I, <laughs> I totally have my guard now. Cause I walk, cause the train station in Elizabeth is really scary. And like, I walked through there and away from there and I was like, Oh shit. But then as soon as I got to my neighborhood, my guard was completely down. And I was listening. I'll never forget. I was listening to a podcast. I'm a big movie guy, which we can get into a little right. bit. But uh, I was listening to a podcast, and Christopher McQuarrie, who's the guy who wrote the movie Usual Suspects, which he won an Oscar for. Like it was his second script ever, and he won an Oscar. Oh, and shit. now he's like he's he now he's directed all the 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 last three uh, Mission Impossible movies. Are his like, but this was like years ago, and he was talking about meeting Benicio del Toro. And what a like like kind of a crazy person Benicio was, and how they like took a chance on this like un un um, just really unknown actor for this movie, and he you know he blew it out of the, the park, and that's what made him made him a name in, in Hollywood. And I'm sitting there, and I'm so engrossed in this story about Benicio del Toro that I didn't notice the guy like walk by me. Oh. And he looked right. He looked right at me, and he goes, "Oh, did I scare you?" And I go, "No, I just didn't realize anybody was walking It was like one in the morning. There was the street was empty. Yeah. And he walked past me, and I go, "No, no, I just, I just didn't, you know, knowing what anybody was behind me." And he just kept walking, and he seemed okay. And then I turned behind me, and there was two other guys, and that's when I knew I was going to get mugged.
0: Oh Jesus!
1: So yeah, that was that. Luckily, I only had like thirty bucks on me, and they didn't even take. I um. This is how long ago it was. I had a, I had a BlackBerry, (laughs) and they asked me if I had an iPhone, and I go, no, I don't have it. They're like, yeah, come on, you got an iPhone. I was like, no, honestly, I like the BlackBerry better.
0: (laughs) And
1: I ran home, reached into my coat pocket, and realized that the BlackBerry was still in my pocket. Like they didn't even bother.
0: No, why would they bother? Yeah, it's a BlackBerry. What are they gonna do with yeah, that? Yeah,
1: so <laughs> that thing, I should, I should have held on to that thing. That, that thing was like a good luck charm. That would
0: have, yeah, that would have been a good story. It's also, I mean, the the mugging thing, the other key thing that you brought up is the difference in New York is there's never been one situation where I look around on the street and there's nobody else on the street, which like, yeah,
1: and that's that's that is
0: big with with mugging. If you're surrounded by people, it's so much harder to get aggressively mugged.
1: Well, the funny thing about the old New York is like it's most dangerous when the streets are empty, clearly. Yeah. But in the old New York, things would happen and people would be around, which I think in a way huh. is even scarier. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was on the I was on the subway about a year ago, and the subway was packed, and this guy starts talking shit to me from across the train and i started laughing at him and he goes what i go he goes what are you laughing at i said i'm laughing because today is your lucky day cuz i'm in a good mood and he goes what and he starts taking his chain off <laughs> like he's getting ready to fight jesus and i just kept staring at him and the thing that kills me is that everybody just looked down like people are like programmed like oh if i if i pretend this is not happening nothing bad will happen to me I'm like, you yeah. fucking pussies. Yeah, I mean. And I just uh, kept staring at him, and he wasn't he he wasn't ready for somebody to engage him. Right. So I I, actually, I looked at him, and I go, you know what? And he goes, why are you laughing? I go, I'm laughing at you, but I, I was like, I'm going to go back to reading my book, if you don't mind. And I started reading, and he just like got, he goes, you know what? I'm going to go stand over here. And he goes, don't worry, I'm getting off the next stop. And he was so like flabbergasted by my reaction, because because <laughs> I think the old New York reaction is like, oh my god, don't look, yeah, don't look, don't pretend like you don't see anything, pretend like you don't hear anything, and um, you gotta kind of like it's like a law of the jungle. You gotta like, no, 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 this is my piece of the jungle here. I'm gonna I'm gonna climb this tree. Go go away.
0: Yeah, it's it is interesting because like uh i i think new yorkers now i i can't speak to how they were before because i've only lived there for for three years but at least from what i've seen now whoever the aggressor is gets one aggressive move and people will ignore it but if there's a second aggressive move then people will jump in and i think like homeless people and uh, people who are are uh, off their meds or, or just kind of not right know that because a few times I've seen like just randomly they'll go up and they'll like shove somebody once but then they'll like run away and everybody kind of looks at them like okay I'm on guard I'm checking to make sure if he does that again we're gonna get him but it's also like. If, if it's just like a push and nobody really gets hurt what do you do like you can't beat the shit out of someone just because they push someone once right like that's a good way to get stabbed I don't know maybe maybe you could educate me on this am I being a pussy by not uh, by not engaging uh, well, these crazy I, people
1: <laughs> I feel like I, like I have a pretty good like test like a sample size of like times when I did the wrong thing times I like when I stood up to somebody times when I should have stood up to somebody and I didn't and like I've definitely like dealt with bullies when I was a kid I definitely I've been mugged I've been around like I've been yelled at a lot and I feel like that's a thing like people don't know how to people don't know how to handle when somebody's out of control right and I, for whatever reason, have been around quite a few people that are out of
0: control. Well, you do hang out uh, at comedy clubs, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is well, none of, you know, I mean, none
1: of when even even just like on the sidewalk. To me, my favorite part is is the sidewalk, and I've seen things on the sidewalk outside of comedy shows that are way more entertaining than anything that's happening. Oh yeah, for fist fights, drug drug busts, like I mean, just crazy.
0: Some comedian's best work is done on the street. Like just when they get too drunk and they start pissing on McDougal and you're like, Oh, that's the funniest thing that comedian's ever done.
1: So there's something to, when other people are losing control, if you stay really calm and like, and like dial in, like you don't want to talk too much. You don't want to make any sudden movements. You literally just want to like be as solid as possible. Right. And just look, like without emotion, and just be like dialed in for whatever. Re- like that tends to diffuse situations.
0: Interesting. I guess, Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's good to know. I personally, I don't have a huge problem with people being aggressive towards me just because I'm so big. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a, that's a plus. Like my yeah. my brother has that. My little brother was always like the tallest kid. So he didn't, you know, didn't deal like I was like my little brother was like a, like a wise ass, but he was big. Yeah. Whereas I was a wise ass and I wasn't big. <laughs> people so think it's a they could take you. <laughs> it's a different, but I mean, not now. I think for the most part, people look at me and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge guy, but I don't look like a guy that you want to fuck with, right? Uh, necessarily and even I and mean, I'm a nice guy. I'm not I don't start in any trouble, but I don't I don't think anybody looks at me and goes, Oh, that guy looks like an easy mark. No, definitely <laughs> like,
0: definitely you've got the you've got the aura of like old school east coast italian which which you are but it's it's maybe not like a it's not like you're some like scandinavian giant who could like beat someone's head in it's like oh if i beat him up his family is in the mob and they're gonna fuck me up later type
1: type deal it's like you don't (laughs) you don't want to you don't want to fight you want other people to not want to fight either, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like the 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 goal is not like to be getting into scraps. The goal is people look at you and go, "Oh no, no, let's 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 talk this out."
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I that I've I've never been in a fight. For I think that reason, I've had plenty of people get mad at me because, like you and your younger brother, I can be a bit of a wise ass. But I, and this is kind of the same mentality that I have, like when I lived in uh, like deep Bushwick, where people would get mugged fairly regularly. The the mentality that I always had is I'm gonna be on ga go- on guard. But odds are they're going to look at me and go, well, if I wait 15 seconds, there will be someone coming who's smaller and I'll just mug them it's like, yeah, we, I could get him, but it seems more difficult than if I just wait less than a minute.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's even like there's rules of like, like no one's going to like no one's going to mug you unless they outnumber you mm. unless they have a unless they have a gun and they're like a junkie. Interesting. So like. So if you're if you're if you're two dudes walking down the street, chances are no one's gonna fuck with you unless they're like a gang of guys. Because right. two other guys are not gonna take a chance trying to take on two guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there are certain things where it's like you just gotta know, um, you know, you gotta th- you gotta think like how they think. Like, what's the what's the like easiest? The, what's the path of least resistance for them? Interesting. This is so funny that we're talking about this. This is not something I would have expected to even be talking
0: about. No, I mean that's kind of the the that's that's kind of how we roll on this podcast. It just kind of goes where it goes, and uh, if if we end up on a on a specific topic, then then we do. But. Uh, you know what? This is interesting. I'm I'm interested in uh, in this stuff because I have always wondered, like, okay, what kind of is the the etiquette on the train when some shit starts going down? Because, like you said, everyone just kind of looks down and hopes that uh, it's 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 like a Sigourney Weaver and alien when the aliens like hissing at her face from the side and she's just pretending like it's yeah. not there. Like that's how homeless people are in the to people on the train. So it's kind of like, okay, is that really the best method here? Or, uh,
1: I think you gotta be, you gotta be situationally aware, but also not, you gotta not provoke. Right. Yeah. But again, like I think being calm and being solid And being dialed in is the way to not provoke.
0: Yeah. Like, put your your phone away.
1: Yeah, if you make any... It's like anything else. It's like if you make any kind of jumpy movements, you make... You're nervous and you make other people nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I I got into a huge brawl when I was in college. Oh, really? I got to hear about that. Yeah. So, I was... You know, I got... As a kid, I got... There was a couple times I got... Picked on and I got beat up. There was one time I did punch a guy kid in the face. Oh shit! And it was pretty great. And um, I didn't really. It's funny because I it's something I actually was trying to work out as a bit because, like this this kid was like picking on me down the block and they like th- like him and an, uh, it was a kid that I was friends with and then another kid showed up mm-hmm. and so of course when the new kid showed up to to look cool the kid that I was friends with started like taking the other kids side against me. Oh, What a piece of shit. So they were shit. fucking with me. Yeah, they threw like a stink bomb on me all this stuff. Jesus. And so they were like running a, So they were running and I and I figured out cuz I'm smarter than all these fuckers. Um, <laughs> they were they were running through the backyards and so I I rather than chase, I cut them off. Yeah. So I I doubled back and I went to the front and so literally the kid ran right into me. I must have been like 8 or 9. I grabbed him by the back of the neck. And I just punched him right in the face. Nice. And then he immediately just went into the house. And then I went home and I told my mom and I just got like all emotional. And then my mom went and like yelled at the kid. (laughs) And the lady was like, she was like, she was lady. Are you really coming over here to yell at my kid that got punched in the face by your son? Yeah. And my mom goes, well, my mom goes, well, he wouldn't have done it if your kid didn't provoke him, which is, which is true. Right. That's a fact. But so I... She kind of took the glory away from me. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. I associated, like, punching this kid and, like, winning a fight with my mom making me embarrassed.
0: Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's really funny.
1: <laughs> so... There should have been, like, this I, like,
0: some I, manly story or whatever, it, and then the moms got involved. It was like, crowning... Involved.
1: It was this crowning moment, and it was, like, taken from me. It was, like, a uh, weirdly, like, emotionally confusing moment. Yeah. So... And this, and there's a, you'll see why I brought this up. Like, so, so years later, I'm in college. I've gotten into a couple fights, like in high school, but never really. And there were, and there were times where like, like somebody was like talking shit to me that I, now looking back, I wish I would have punched him in the face and I didn't. And whatever, you know, it is what it is. It's not like, I, it's not like I sit here and go, oh man, I really wish I would have punched that guy right. in the face. But right. sometimes I think about it. Um, so fast forward to college. Excuse me, and um, I was in a fraternity. I went to Wayman Mary in uh, in Virginia. Okay, and the fraternity row was basically like modified dorms. So each fraternity had their "quote unquote" house, which was a section of a dormitory. Interesting. So we had our own. We had our own entrance. We had a common area, and then you have the room upstairs. And then so you would have like basically like a dance floor, bar area where we all had parties. And then we had a huge deck. And these were this was all built out of brick and concrete. And and they staggered it a little bit. So like our our deck was a little bit higher than our neighbors to the left and a little bit higher to the neighbors to the right. And so that no one no one was like really they kind of made it a little, a little bit more um private. Yeah. But so we so there were stairs leading up to the back deck, and then the back deck was this big concrete area where people would congregate, and then the wall was all windows, and then you would have like literally a dance floor. So every Friday or Saturday night we have like a big fraternity party. There'd you know be like 80, 100 people there. And there was a night, and I used to love to dance, (laughs) and I still to this day like I'm not like I don't do it as much as I I used to. I talk about it in my act. I never would have guessed that. I never would have guessed that. I would dance for fucking hours. Oh my god,
0: that's awesome. They even
1: call. They even my friends even named the dance move the Garachi. And I said, they go, uh, they go, are you going to do the garachi tonight? And I go, what are you talking about? Like, I had no, I had no idea. They're like, we, they're like, we watch you. You always do the same move. <laughs> and I go, what's the garachi?" And so they described how I, like, I find a girl that I want to dance with. And I kind of dance near her. I get her attention, have her like start dancing, like near, near me. And then I back away and I create space. Okay. So then she's like, it's sort of like a reverse psychology where it's like, what is this guy doing? So then, if I still have her attention, <laughs> Women if I love still have her when attention,
0: confused at a guy's intention. <laughs> oh, totally. So
1: I, I go in, I go in again, and now me and her are dancing. But I'm keeping my space, like I'm not putting my hands on her. I'm like, right now, her friends are kind of like, oh god, who's this guy? Like she was dancing with us, now she's dancing with this dude. Yeah. So, and this is the thing: is I back away again. Okay. Now it's it's this second back away that really gets them. Okay. Because they're thinking like, oh, this guy, he's dancing with me, like he's got my attention. And so it's like, they're like, he must be fucking the man if he can just back away from a girl that's dancing. So then the girl, like I would just like have, like I would totally like get her attention that way. Wow. Because I would never like just like start grinding on some girl. I wouldn't do, like I wouldn't try to pull any move. Like my move was like, I'm just going to be over here looking cool dancing. And if you want to come where the party is feel right feel right Go right ahead the
0: the trick is that it never works and that's why you're single (laughs) no
1: no that's not true it actually it actually worked a lot back then I'm kidding what
0: I I really want is a planet earth style narration of you trying to do this dance a la like you see the videos of like the birds of paradise trying to trying to win over a mate like I want I want that but with your dancing moves I think that would be fucking hilarious
1: 21 year old me would fucking rock the dance floor (laughs) I'll believe it so, that night, there was a girl, She I ended up dating her for a little while, we, we st- we're still friends, like, years later, she's, she's great, her name is Laura, her name was Laura Stein, and I had a huge crush on her, mm. but we were also, like, friends, and I was friends with her friends, like, we would all hang out in a group, and that night, Laura and her, uh, her best friend, Shanley, who I was also good friends with, they came over, and I was dancing with them, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm finally dancing with Laura Stein, and... So having a great time. It was a cool party. I see my friend Andy on the porch and he's like holding his jaw and he's like yelling at some people. And Andy was like, we called him Flanders. He was like the nicest kid (laughs) in our fraternity, Not, not the person who would be fucking with anybody else. So I go out there and I was like, Flanders, what's going on? And he goes, this guy just fucking punched me in the face. I told him to stop throwing beer cans and he punched me. So what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I was like, get the fuck out! I was like, this is our house, like this. He lives here. What are you guys doing here? So it turns out they were Marines. Oh, and so there was a base in uh, North, no, not in Yorktown. It turns out, which is right down the street, which is where they used to guard the uh, nuclear weapons. Oh shit! They may still do that. So these guys would come on their off time and like hang out at our bars and stuff. And it's funny because they dress like they dress like what a marine pretending to be a civilian would dress like, like
0: camo cargo so, shorts.
1: No, they're wearing like jeans and a button down, but they all looked like they were still in uniform.
0: Huh. Interesting. So one guy
1: had the one guy had like the pink shirt, and one guy had the yellow shirt, and one guy had the blue shirt, but they were all wearing the exact same shirt.
0: Oh, got it. Yeah, like so, so somebody gave all in, of them the same thing. We're like, everyone pick yeah, a color.
1: So even in civilian clothes, they still look like they were. And military guys, so we like were like, God, "What are you guys doing? Like, get out of here!" So we started talking shit back to back and forth with them, and then the guy right in front of me punches another guy in the face. Whoa! And I don't know where this came from. I've never done this like before or since. But like, I I like went full on Incredible Hulk, <laughs> and I raged. and I I rushed this guy. And I grabbed him by the waist with my arms and I, I suplexed him, like flipped him over my shoulder. Holy shit. And then I and I pinned him on the ground face down. And then I got on my I was on my knees, like on either side, like I had my knees tucked under his armpit. So I was on top of him on either side of his arms. And I just start wailing on his head. Jesus. And the thing is, I'm fucking beating the shit out of this guy. And in my head, I can hear that I'm like screeching like a girl. <laughs> and I'm go and I'm going, I'm going, you don't come to my house and disrespect me, motherfucker. Who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are? But my voice was like, and in my in my head, I'm going, drop, drop the voice. Like drop it. Like you sound like you're crying. And I just kept going, You motherfucker, you don't come in my house. So literally my friends pulled me off this guy and go, Are you okay? I go, am I okay? I was just kicking the shit out of that guy. <laughs> and I instantly had the bad memory of my mom making me feel bad for the fact that I punched a kid in elementary school. Yeah. So I was like, even even in this moment I can't just get like the victory lap. I have there has to be some like weird psychological thing where I'm like having an emotional fucking breakdown. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's good for
0: the rest of us because it's preventing you from just fighting everyone up and down the comedy circuit. So part of me is glad that you've got that that emotional, like, you know, blockade there shows me that you're not a psychopath.
1: so So we then like, we like yell at these guys to like get out of there. And we said that we were, like, they just kept, like, they, like, they went down to the bottom of the steps, but they were, like, still mouthing off from, like, the distance. Like, I think one of them, like, threw a rock or something. Yeah. And we're, like, just get out of here. Like, this is our house. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just get out of here. So they left. I go back to the dance floor. I'm dancing with Laura Stein. Everything is awesome. I was, like, I felt like, you know, I felt like a real badass because I fucking punched a Marine. And... You know, a half hour, 45 minutes goes by, and then all of a sudden you see a bunch of dudes just storming up the back stairs. Oh, Jesus. So they went back to their base, and they rounded up their buddies. Oh, fuck. And they literally, like, there was a girl, like, right in the way. They trampled on her. One kid got punched. They broke the orbital bone under his eye. They formed, They formed, like, a U formation where they were shoulder to shoulder. Like, they were using, like, military tactics. Right. On us as college kids, so I remember I I just ran outside. I put like one kid on a chokehold, and another kid like punched him. And then I just see one guy, and my fraternity was Phi Kappa Tau, so we we were Phi Talls. Okay. And I see the one guy, and I just go, "Hey, are you a Phi Tall?" And right when he looks at me, I fucking roundhouse punch him right in the jaw, and knock him knock him out. Jesus. And. Then the cops came, I, from what I understand, somebody said that they the cops came like 45 seconds after the fight started, but when you're in the middle of a fight, it feels like forever. Okay. So then we were just like, it took us a while to like calm down. And I just, like I was like, it's funny because Laura and Shanley, from what I understand, like they went in, like they came outside and they were like, stop it guys. You guys are being stupid. Don't fight. Like they were being like right. really cool. Like they wanted to like help. Right, right. And then later they were like, they went into our freezer and all they found was frozen hot dogs. So they were using <laughs> So they were using frozen hot dogs as like cold compress. Classic on that, people's, classic on people's that a injury frat
0: would only have frozen hot dogs available to yeah. it.
1: no, not a and
0: vegetable in the in the whole house.
1: <laughs> it's crazy because like the next day, like they interviewed one kid, like he, like I said, he had a broken orbital bone, and then another kid was on was like a star swimmer on the varsity swimming team, and he actually broke his wrist punching people. Oh shit. So he missed like a whole season of swimming because he had a broken wrist. And I think, so I think they interviewed the two of them because they actually had to go to the doctor or go to the hospital. But like the the school and the Marines made the story disappear. So you have to imagine like this is pre, wow. this is like 2000. So people don't have phones. No Facebook. P- no Facebook, no wor- world star hip hop. And like they came in a power wash the blood off the deck, and it was like the story never it never happened. Wow! It did get in the because you, you got to think about it. This is a PR nightmare for everybody, right? This is like you don't want the Marines being right. like, "Oh yeah, we we might beat up your your kids," right? And the college doesn't want anyone going, "Oh, if we send we send our kids to this school, they might get their asses kicked by fuck a bunch of soldiers," right? So the story like it just became an urban legend. Like, oh, did you hear that about the story about the Phytals beating up those Marines? And it was the scariest and most exhilarating thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Holy and shit. I've never... I haven't gotten to a fight since. Right. I've gotten a little... You know, there's been a couple things that have come close. But, like, that will carry you a long way. Like, having that, that experience, like... Yeah. It was... No, it was... It, it was. It was literally the scariest and the most exhilarating thing I've ever been a part of. I
0: mean, it's, it's am- that last part is really what's amazing to me because part of the reason that I've always walked away from fights is the it. Whenever something's uh, ramping up, I always have that little logical part of my brain that goes, "Don't get in a fight." you're you're gonna get arrested like you're gonna go to jail that's not and i've i've never been in a situation where like you did where like one of my friends got punched or something like that and i don't know what would happen what i would do in that situation but it's there's there's always been that part of me that's like you're gonna get in trouble you can't you you can't do this it's better to to disarm uh ever the the situation uh, but well, the, the fact that there was just that it disappeared like nothing happened for you i mean that's like that's a dream scenario you beat the shit out of everyone you didn't get in any trouble why would you ever need to fight again it doesn't get any better than that
1: well, it's funny because like the older you get and the more shit you have, the less the less you should fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I remember my Definitely. one of my best friends like was like at a at a club, and one night and and uh, people were fighting and he's like I got kids, dude, I can't go to fucking jail. Yeah, and he's somebody who's like he like studies Brazilian jujitsu, like he knows Muay Thai, like he could have kicked the shit out of somebody. But he like that's the that's the tougher move is to just stand back and not and not fight. But just like yeah. really quickly, like there's two other. I you know I I drove across country when I was in my 20s and I ended up in um, Austin and I had a friend who was at UT Law School. Okay. And we were out on whatever the streets called there. I think it's like Fifth Avenue or something where all the like bars and everything are. And then late at night they had like a guy on a bicycle and he has like a pizza holder in the back of his bicycle he was like selling slices okay so we're in line for a slice and um my friend just says some like says some shit to this guy and then he says something and then he all next thing you know like these two guys are like talking shit and i go come on i was like guys you know take it easy we're just all trying to get some pizza and he goes hey man we're not in new york man i I mean i guess he heard like the way that i spoke Uh uh-huh and he's like this is not new york man you can't and i was like i was like you motherfuckers started with us and my friend, Ben, turns to me, he goes he goes, listen, he goes, if we get into a fight, it doesn't matter who started it, we're all going to jail. So I was like, all right. But then I thought about it. I was like, how cool would it have been that, like, oh, I went cross country and I spent one of the nights in the jail in Austin, Texas. Yeah. That'd be a cool it. Would have been worth it for the story. I should have fucking punched the guy I mean, in the face. Yeah,
0: but then you got to keep going back to court in Austin, Texas. Like it's that's that's the thing that really gets oh, me. I'm like, okay, yeah. could I could I spend a night in jail? Sure. Would it be the enemy? No. Would I then have to like? Would it be a huge part of my life for the next five years? Probably. And I'm just like, honestly, I'm too lazy to deal with that shit. I'm too lazy to get in a fight and deal with everything afterwards.
1: Yeah, I, because I, like again, I'm not an instigator. So the guys, like the guys are talking. So I'm not gonna just start swinging. But like, if one of the guys had like punched my friend, right, I would have, I would have fucking started swinging. But yeah, um, the other story, and this could maybe lead into what we were gonna originally talk about. Cause no, it takes let's place... let's
0: just keep talking. I mean, don't right. tell tell the whole story. Don't shorten anything up. I mean, if this so whole the other episode story turns is... into fighting, that's what happens. <laughs>
1: So, my family always had a house uh, in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, which is the Jersey Shore, which is, like, if you watch the show Jersey Shore, like, that's Seaside Heights.
0: Okay, got it.
1: And those guys, like, ruin the fucking town because they're not even from Jersey. They're not real Italians. Like, they're everything that I hate about. I, I wrote a one-man show, and it's called Everybody Wants to be Italian Except Me. <laughs> and it's all about the shit that I hate about, like, the stereotypes. Yeah. Because no one, like, I was always, like, kind of the black sheep. Like, I, I couldn't have grown up any more like around like guido jersey like italians but i'm not i was never that way like i could like i I could code switch if i needed to and i'm like real italian like my father is from sicily like i've gone and lived in italy like oh shit i have relatives that i speak to in italy on a regular basis but i was never that like Greasy hair, like tank top, like steroid, whatever. But I, I saw that my entire life. Like that, the show didn't just like create that phenomenon. Like that was around there my entire life. So we were like hanging out. It might have been like St. Patty's Day or something like that. And one of the things that we do down there is like there's a, there's a boardwalk, and there was a street called the Boulevard. The Boulevards where all the nightclubs are, and the boardwalk is some bars, but then mostly like amusements and like rides and stuff. Sure. So people will like walk back and f- like literally the, it, the town is 15 blocks long. So people will walk back and forth on the boardwalk for a while. They'll walk back and forth on the boulevard for a while. Then you'll go to one bar. Then you'll go to another club. So I was with a bunch of guys and my, and my house is like three blocks away. So you literally you like you you start at the house, you hang out, and then you go wherever you're going to go. So me, you know, my brothers and, and their friends, like they're all like they all played high school football. A lot of these guys are to this day like the kind of guys who are looking for trouble like I know guys who have gotten into fist fights like recently <laughs> like, <laughs> like guys in their guys in their 30s who should know better who are getting into like fights and bars but what, it's yeah. neither here nor there so we're out and there's two, there's a place called Steaks Unlimited and like one of the things you do there is late at night is when the when everything closes you go to Steaks Unlimited and they have like pizza and tater tots and cheesesteaks and all this stuff and everyone <laughs> just kind of hangs out Everyone hangs out in the corner or whatever. So we're on our way to Steaks Unlimited and there's like a couple big dudes and like this little like little shit guy who's like holding a, a cheesesteak from Steaks Unlimited and he bumps my brother who's... My brother's big. Yeah. And he he goes... He says some shit to my brother. My brother's like, what are you talking about? So immediately these guys are looking for a fight. Right. So immediately they turn they're like talking all this shit and the two big guys are like, and one of the rules of fighting is, like, the more somebody talks about how they want to beat the shit out of you, they don't want to fight. Right. They're t- they're talking. They're trying to intimidate. Right. So, these guys are, like, in each other's faces. Like, it's like big dude on top of big dude. And I'm just kind of watching this happen. And then I see the little shit bag with a cheesesteak. And he's in the back kind of egging it on. But he weighs, like, a, a buck 20. Right. And... And so like it, things kind of calmed down like everybody ch- kind of like showed off how tough they were and now everyone's going to walk their separate way. And I point to the fucking little guy and I go, "You're funny, you know that?" And he goes, "What?" I said, "You're funny. You're a funny guy. You're sitting <laughs> here talking all this. All these big guys are going to fight. You're standing back there in the background talking shit." I was like, "You're a real fucking funny guy." And he goes, "What?" And he throws his cheesesteak at me. <laughs> And my brother, who has like who has like a, like catcher's mitts for hands, yeah, he just puts his hand up and he just like pause, like as it's about to land in my face, he just like paws the cheesesteak mid flight. Wow! And and catches it and like bats bats it away, and then we go to Steaks Unlimited and have fucking cheesesteaks. <laughs> <eggs. laughs> but so, that was like my that was my last. Um, it's funny because that 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 house ended up getting the next the next summer was Hurricane Sandy and the house ended up getting ruined in the hurricane. So that was like that was like my last memory of staying in that house.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing. Like, how does the, so he just threw it and then your brother batted away and they all just like walked away.
1: It, like a little bit more talking happened and then it was like I, I told you like once once the talking starts like yeah. no no fight's going to happen. And then later I I sw- I could swear I saw the same guys like were like getting talked to by the cops, which means they were going they were going around looking for trouble. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for finally
1: sure. the finally the cops got wise and like stopped them, but they're just they were just talking shit. They weren't going to they weren't going to do anything.
0: It's it's interesting that you bring up the type of person that's that's just looking for a fight all the time because like uh, I every guy knows at least one or two guys that are that will go do that. And personally, I I fucking hate those guys. Uh, yeah, you
1: stay away from those
0: guys. Yeah, well, but it's like every once in a while you can't. And there's just like I I was in a, a situation before. There there's a comedian who's like noted cokehead, like drunk guy. Uh, I'll I'll clarify who to you after this o- podcast. Only the one yeah there's there's one specifically that I'm talking about um but there's a situation where like if you remember the lantern used to do dollar beers from five to six and dollar shots so you could go there at five o'clock and drink for an hour and pay ten dollars and be completely obliterated oh, after God, yeah. after one hour so this this guy who, uh, he was a former fighter, like, he has fighting experience of, like, Oh, I think I know
1: who you're talking about He's already. just like,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. That's why I was like, by the end of this, I'll just have to clarify. I won't have to, like, tell... You won't be shocked by who this is. Uh, I,
1: I, I love him, but I won't hang around him if he's causing trouble. Yeah, because that's,
0: I mean, that's the type of person he is, so I'm, I'm standing outside Greenwich Village Comedy Club, as I do, uh, and... I was just, like, standing there, and he came over, and and all of a sudden he just started, like, bullying, just shitting on me for no reason. Now, like I said earlier, I, I don't really fight, but I am a smartass, and when you're not drunk you're automatically going to be quicker than the drunk guy in terms of like what you can think to say so i'm like accusing i'm like accusing him of spending his rent on coke and like telling him how shocked i am that he actually could make rent and like how he'll die alone and you know really just laying it on him and because he came over and he fucking started it um but eventually like It was that mentality of, like, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to start shit. And eventually he ended up punching me in the chest, and I just, like, backed down a couple of steps, and I was like, I'm not about to fight this guy. And, like, there was another – there was a third guy who was also with us, and it just kind of, like, he did it once, I didn't react, and then I was just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I kept yelling at him. He eventually stumbled away. But then the thing that surprised me later was not that – Like it, it wasn't like a oh I'm I'm sorry I did that I'm sorry I got drunk like and I would say like yeah I'm sorry I was being mean or whatever because what I was saying was mean like I was trying to hurt him uh, emotionally. What happened later is like we're we're one of our other friends was like you guys need to make up i want to hang out with both of you i can't just have you here and so we're like standing outside of a bar doing like this forced makeup thing and he goes on like this huge spiel about how if i ever if if Uh, And he's saying, if you ever do that again, or you ever say that shit to me again, I'll put you in the fucking hospital. I don't give a fuck what, what happens to me. I will fucking kill you. And I'm like, he's like, and then he ended it with, so that's why you need to say sorry to me. And then as soon as you say sorry to me, I'll say sorry to you. But if you ever do this shit again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm standing there like, really? Like. What, what's wrong with you? Why do you have this mentality of fight first? Like, he's, he's looking to fight me for no reason. And, I mean, you know this guy. It's not like he's not like this huge, like, out-for-blood asshole all the time. But it, it was just that's the part that was strange to me is, like, he came looking for a fight, and then when the fight almost happened, he was just looking for it to keep going. And I was like, I'm not going to fight you, dude
1: yeah I, it, you know it's funny because I I mean I don't not drink I'm not I'm not sober I'm actually having a little bit of red wine right now it's going down nice and easy Hell but yeah. I'm not a I'm not a big drinker and I don't smoke weed and I don't do any drugs yeah and a lot of my friends uh do and I hate fucking being like I, like I, this is another thing where like New York City changed. Fucking weed, and I'm going to say this. I will go on stage and say this weed is ruining New York City. Wow. That's a hot take. Let me, let me, I can't wait. I can't wait to get on stage and be like, you you know why fucking New York sucks now? Because you're all fucking smoking weed all the time. (laughs) Because I've always been around people that smoke weed. I've always been, you know, I've always had friends that smoke, but weed is what you do at home on the couch. Okay. It's not what you do at the start of the night when you're about to go out all night. So I've been with I've been with people where we're like out. And again, like I still like, I still like, I like when I, if I find myself at a place that's like got some energy to it, like I'll still dance. I'll still like, but I won't even, I might not even drink. Like I don't need alcohol to make me like let loose. Yeah. But. It's one thing when you're around somebody who's drunk or even like on cocaine and they're like fun to be around. Somebody who's... Like, I'll be hanging out with somebody and then they go in the corner and then they fucking hit their vape pen. And then all of a sudden we can't talk anymore. Yeah. Because they can't talk because their brain is scrambled. Yeah. Like, I'll just go home then. Like, the the whole point of being out is to be out with people and be social and be doing stuff. If you want to sit around... And be high with people. Like I've said this to my friends who smoke weed. Like this is not fun. Like you guys can sit down and smoke with each other. And be a you know dumb. And fucking have your brains fried together. Yeah. But it's it's no fun to be around that. So I I like hanging out. I like being out. But I there's definitely people that I would be better friends with. If we could hang out without them having to like put back six beers or be high the whole time you know what i mean it's like yeah. i would rather like it's like um it's the same thing with like hot girls like yeah a, a hot girl is great but if she's not fun to be around like how long do you want to be standing there talking to a hot girl
0: said like a true like, adult
1: <laughs> yeah it's like it's like listen i love i love pretty girls but if she sucks she sucks yeah and i like being out and being social but if the people i'm around can't form sentences and can't play because I'm also like I feel like I'm you ever ever study improv
0: uh I've never done like a class or whatever but I I get the gist for the most part
1: like the the yes the yes ending. you know what I mean like you're just like it's you're basically if you're in a scene with somebody you're just agreeing to the premises right so that the scene can kind of unfold. Right. So I feel like I'm doing that all the time. And to me, the most fun thing is to be out and like be with a group of people, and then somebody who doesn't know us comes in, and then we yes and and goof off, and that person has to kind of figure out, like, are these guys joking? Are they serious? (laughs) Are they fucking around? And if you're fried, you can't play your part. Right. And that's less fun for me. Do you know what I mean? And it's funny because I it makes me think of um I just went um, I have some I have some friends that are they're doctors in Jersey. They're super successful, they work really hard. And when they go but when they go out, they fucking they pound drinks oh, yeah. because their life is so stressful. And I'm like I'm like trying to finish one beer and they're doing their third shot. And so I'm like, oh God. So I went to so you go down the shore, there's certain towns that are like, there's a bunch of different towns that there's deserted the shore. And there's one town, uh, there's Belmar and Manasquan, which are right next to each other. And they have a couple of like well-known spots. Yeah. And there's a spot um, called Leggett's, which should be like a regular bar. It's like a big kind of just Irish bar. But in the summertime, it gets fucking packed in there. Yeah. And these guys who are in there... 40s who are, you know, doing surgery during the week, they go in there on the weekends and they're fucking, you can't move, you can't talk, and they're getting fucking smashed. Right. So I decide, I'm driving down, me and my ex have a complicated relationship, so we're still friends and we're still talking, whatever, and we've like gotten back together. We've basically been working it out for about four years. Okay. So so last... This was last Memorial Day. We she comes down the shore with me, and I said we're making a stop. I want to see my buddies, and we get to. Le- and of course, like you can't even get into like there's like a line out the door, and so I text, and of course like my friends like they come outside. They're like oh, they're, it's like I was like there's no way I'm waiting in line and paying a cover charge right to get into this place. Like if I don't like I'm at, and that's another thing I'm at Asia. If you have a if you have a cover and a doorman. If somebody doesn't come get me and go, that guy is with me. Let him in right now. I will. I will say thank you very much, and I'll go home. <laughs> like I'm not. And I used to work. I used to work for a big nightlife company. Like I worked for uh, Tao Group, which owns like a lot of the top clubs okay. in the city, and so I can get into like the top clubs in new york if i say like you know so-and-so sent me or i'm you know i'm with so-and-so but if the guy at the door goes you know i'm sorry i'm just gonna need you to you wait in line and pay the cover i'm like thank you so much and i just go home like i'm not <laughs> I, unless i unless you treat me unless you treat me like a vip i'm just gonna go i'd rather be home like I, you're, i'm i not doing don't do me any favors by, tr- by, by letting me be a regular guy Coming into this place
0: So what you're saying Is that you're just done With everyone else's shit
1: <laughs> Yeah I don't, I'm not taking anybody's shit Nice So, so And she Her name My girl's uh, My ex's name is Joelle And she's like she, She's uh, She's a lot to, to deal with Which is you know One of the things I'm attracted to about her She's just like She's like She's not the type that's gonna wait Outside Right either and be like so she's like what are we doing here I was like just give it a second they're gonna come out and get us so they come out and get us and you get inside and she literally it, you can't even fucking move inside and she goes I thought you were gonna take me to an adult place where we can get a, a drink <laughs> and I go no we just got we got to say hello real fast so we go over and these guys are drinking you know getting they get me like beer like I can't even pay for stuff when I'm with these guys Like they're like they're so generous they're so cool but like Like I said, like, this is their weekend. Like, they go hard on the weekend. Right. So, like, me and Joelle, like, we... She's very quick, and she's very smart, and, like, we play off each other. And she's giving me all this shit about... And I was like, just give it a second. And, of course, some, like, drunk girl is, like, bumping in to me. And she just doesn't even know. Like, she's trying to get to the bar, and I'm like, "I'm, I'm a hindrance. And I look right at her, and I go, oh, I've never seen one like you up close. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like she's so she's like what and I just start videoing and I'm like what I go what what do you where are you real is this really happening and she's like what? and it was just like it was funny for me just to fuck with you know what I mean like I yeah. just like that's the only point of even being out at that point so like <laughs> okay. Joelle like was she got what I was doing so later she's like oh my she goes I can't believe you said that to that poor girl I had no idea what was going on but like that to me is fun. So if I'm with people that I can't play with like that, I'll just go home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if people are like way fucked up, they're not. They're not that much fun to to play with. That
0: is the the interesting thing about comedians is there's such a wide range of uh, how fucked up you are on a on an average basis like you've got the the sober people who you know, are not fucked up at all and then you've got kind of kind of where where we are which is i mean essentially why we get along is like oh yeah i'll have a couple of drinks but i'm never going to get fucked up to the point that i can't get home and i'm going to make a fool of myself and then you've got the people who get fucked up and they can't get home and they make a fool of themselves and it's it's interesting to watch the dynamics of the different groups of people try and interact with each other like i feel Feel like the sober people, like the completely sober people, are better at dealing with the super fucked up people because most of the sober people were that person. Oh, like they for can sure, identify for with sure. it. Yeah, I've never been the guy that's like I. I can think of uh, one time that I got so fucked up that I had to be taken care of. Uh, but other than that, I just can't identify with those people like I can't understand why it's like a Tuesday night and they're like falling over and pissing in the street like type deal. And it's just like I I just can't, I hate being around those people. like I legit it makes me uncomfortable. It's exactly what you're saying. I don't enjoy what, like even being around them. The part that I disagree with you, though, is the weed. Like, yes, it's not as much fun to talk to them, but part of it, if somebody's high, I know they're not going to go do something crazy that I'm going to have to, like, deal with yeah. later. Like, the worst thing that happens is they're just boring, and you kind of just leave them alone, I guess. I don't know. See,
1: to me, the worst sin is boring. Okay. I'd rather – and that's why I like the hang. Yeah. I like – I not, not, I don't want anything dangerous to happen. I don't want any, anybody to get hurt. But, like, to me, the like, a little bit of unpredictable – Unpredictability is fun. It's the it's boring, where I'm like, all right, well, I don't I don't need to be here. But like, yeah, I I've done people have been like, what you drink? Because like, I I also view comedy as a job. Like, I'm not yeah. letting anything get in my way. Well, I'm drunk on and the
0: job too, so.
1: It's funny because I <laughs> well, I'm kidding. I, I I'm probably <laughs> I probably could loosen up. Like, I probably could benefit from. I, I'm probably like on the uptight. Side and even because like there's been a couple. There was one night where I I went to like somebody's going away party, mm-hmm. and I had a couple glasses of wine, and then I went and did a spot at the pair, and I was like loose in a way that I'm not normally loose. Yeah, and I'm like I should probably do that. I'm probably too uptight up there. I should probably be a little looser. Everyone's but got a, sweet a spot. There's a thin there's a thin line between that and. You know, but yep. with me too. Like everyone's gonna know that I'm not somebody who's a fucking train wreck. So it'll it'll be like a funny occurrence. And yeah, it won't be like oh look at this guy. You know, like I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. Right. So if if ever I got on stage and I was wasted, people were like oh my god that's so crazy that one time that Peter Garaci was drunk on stage.
0: Yeah, it's it's about yeah. picking your your spots. Like the pair uh, and Greenwich. I I will go up and I will be completely. Blasted, and I'll I'll do okay because like the uh, really what happens when I get super drunk and go on stage is like I I have a lot more energy. I'm a lot I'm quote unquote more fun. My set is more fun, but I start to forget words. Uh, like I'll say things in not quite the right order, and it'll just be like a sloppier set. So it's like I've I've never been. Drunk to the point on stage where I got off and people were like, Holy shit, what the fuck was that? My sweet spot is like two drinks, like two, two drinks go on stage. That's where I'm like, that's where I'm completely like, I'm, I feel like I'm loose. I feel like, uh, I could still remember what I'm saying. It doesn't feel like I'm, I'm out of control. Um, but I also like will acknowledge there are people that that. That difference is like like two drinks would really fuck them up, and there are people that if they only had two drinks before they went on stage, they'd be super tight. So it's just like it's about finding that that perfect little concoction so that you get the the highest response necessary. And I'm not advocating, I'm not saying that I drink every time I go on stage. Ninety percent of my sets are sober, but when I have like a big one coming up, I always like okay, let's 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 drink a little bit. Let's just you know. Uh, let's shave off them nerves real quick.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm not above being pretentious. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> I don't I don't mind it at all. So like for for uh, for the sake of being a little bit pretentious, like I studied like Meisner acting. Okay. So I don't know if you know, like when people refer to when people say method acting. Oh shit. They're really referring to like one of three kind of schools at all. They all kind of started together in the 20s like doing theater and then they broke off into different branches. So Sanford Meisner was one of the three branches and like whatever for whatever reason like Meisner acting is kind of hot. These last couple years, there's a lot of like famous people who are like, I studied Meisner. So (laughs) Meisner is a lot of improvisation. It's a lot of just like, it's kind of like taking down your, like figuring out what your bullshit is and what your emotional shit is and like, learning how to use that and then but then also being improvisational and kind of playing in circumstances so i studied that for a couple of years and it's really heavy like i was fucking crying and shit in class i actually like i wasn't funny for a long time because it was so heavy that people later that i knew in my meisner class were like oh i didn't realize you were funny i was like uh yeah that's like kind of my thing like but I wasn't doing stand up at the time, but I, I I was doing like improv comedy, and I I had to stop doing improv because I couldn't be, like heavy and crying at noon and then funny at seven p.m. <laughs> yeah, it just like that'd be tough. It just like it took too much out of me. <laughs> That's a roller so,
0: coaster of a day.
1: <laughs> so years later, I went back to improv, and then it was in improv. The guy who was teaching the class, who was the one who was like, "Hey, you should do uh, you should do stand up." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay," and. I bring that up Because I This is the pretentious part I use Stuff that I learned In Meisner acting In stand up Okay And so A lot of I I mean Me and some of my buddies We make fun of like Comedians who are like I say they They do joke math Uh huh Where they're like If I could only calculate The correct word To put at the tagline <laughs> Then I will get 18% more laugh. There's a lot yeah. of like That kind of autism In comedy Yeah that's And true. <laughs> so I think they uh, and then there's other guys who are just like goof offs and like couldn't write a fucking joke to save their lives. Right. Um, so I think that there's something like there's a performance like what's cool about stand up is like it's you're marrying writing and performance. Yeah. It's really the only art form that you could write something and then immediately later put it on in public and get an immediate response and you're the one you're you know i'm like i'm peter garacci llc right like this is me this is my business this is my work product this is what i'm selling Uh uh-huh and that's what makes it a really cool product but like you can use like technique and like performance like a lot of comedians like i watch them do stuff and i'm like i'm critiquing them as if they were like acting in a scene on in a play and so I can see when someone's like not in their body, I can see when their voice is trapped in their in their throat and it's not coming from like their diaphragm. I can see when people like are nervous. I can see when Shit. someone's like not present or when they're so you ever see somebody and they pause and they're and there's no laugh and they and it throws them and it's because they in their mind they imagined a laugh there. Yeah. So they pause because in their imagination, they're they're gonna have to take time for the laughter, and the laugh doesn't come and so it throws them. Yeah. Like that's that's somebody who's not like present in the moment. Right. They're they're oh. thinking about when I work this out in my head, this is how this was gonna go.
0: That's a great way to think about
1: it. And so what Miser teaches you is to be completely present in whatever's happening and use what's happening. So like again, this is super pretentious, but like, to me, the audience is my scene partner. Yeah. So, when I get on stage, I'm playing. Like, they're giving me something. I'm responding. Then I give them something. They respond. Then I respond to that. So, I, I'm always, like, uh, back and forth with the audience. And I don't mean doing crowd work because I think that's right. another th- thing where that's like, a trick. I, I, I thought of this line the other day. Like, crowd work is a great way to show you, like, how funny the audience is. Like... I don't need to hear that somebody in the audience came up with a funny line. I want to know what what y- you do. Like you're the guy on stage. You gotcha. Know what I mean? Gotcha. But I do mean just like being present, being in your body, performing, like using the room, using the space. And so if like that's why like you know alcohol could either be a way to relax as like your preparation. It could be something that relaxes you and gets you out of your head and gets you out of gets gets you out of your way yeah or it could be a literal like disability
0: shit. I mean that is a great way to put that actually we're we're at an hour. I think that's just a great great way to end this to be honest I am going to hire you later to watch my set and tell me uh, what I'm doing wrong from an acting perspective uh, one you day know.
1: I'm going to be a goo- I, I, guru is, is one of my dream jobs there you go yeah so I will be a guru at some point in my life so. well
0: if uh, if the government ever lets us on stage I think uh i th- i think you could be pretty good at it to, to be honest i think Thanks, that's man. a that's a that is definitely uh a way that i've never heard stand up be be talked about that's that's incredibly interesting you just gave me something to think about uh which wasn't part of my plan for the rest of the night but uh you know what are you gonna do
1: <laughs> go with it
0: yeah right um. Well. Cool. Thank you so much, man. This was great. I know this isn't what we uh, originally were going to talk about, but we can we could do another episode. Uh. Sometime, yeah. For sure. if- sometime down the road on uh, on like eighties movies or or the fact that you built your own fucking house, which is which is awesome. But I thought this was a an incredibly interesting and funny episode. So yeah, it's um,
1: one thing I, I like yeah. to do
0: is talking to talk into a microphone so right whenever you need me don't we all all right awesome uh we'll stay safe peter we'll we'll talk soon
1: all right man thanks for having me appreciate it
0: yep bye